Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Please take your seats quickly, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Tennis Weekly with Joel, Kim and Chris on today's Australian Open Round 1 Catch-Up, sponsored by DownloadTennis.com. Novak Djokovic turns Melbourne into a frenzy. Shiontech and Yabor survive scares to progress. And Andy Murray wins a five-set classic against Matteo Berrettini. Kim, Chris, today is the 17th of January and we are here to catch up on round one of the Australian Open at Tennis Weekly HQ. Well, I say round one, it's more like 80% of round one because the weather did get in the way today. The weather in Melbourne was acting very, very strange. We had the heat rule come into effect. We also had rain, but I know Chris is ecstatic about this because it does mean that Sloane Stephens has made it to day three of the first Grand Slam of the season. What a result. Sloane into day three. She's still yet to lose a game or a set at this (laughs) tournament. Perfection, Chris. I mean... Absolute perfection. Even Nadal's lost a set so far. I know. I know. Um, Well, thank thank heavens for the weather gods helping helping your girl Sloane out there. But I remember, though... um, when I was at the AO, I had I had a similar thing, you know, the, the intense heat and then the rain. And it's just, you know, it stops play for various reasons. And it mm. just means a very long day at the tennis and maybe a lot of action or not so much and things moving indoors and whatnot. It went very, very late on today. A little bit of controversy actually about the order of play. Kristen Flipkins was not particularly happy on, on social media. Um, the the schedule just did not come out, did it? At the at the end of the day, I can understand the organisers probably having, you know, having to do a lot to cram in round one matches alongside round two matches. But yeah, it was a very, very long day today. Had some great matches. Match of the tournament so far, of course, Andy Murray versus Matteo Berrettini. We had Novak Djokovic as well back at the Australian Open after all of the hoo-ha from last year, which we're going to cover. And we've, of, of course, got all the action from day one. Radikanu, Coco Goff also looking to headline day three. And we're going to be revealing our collector set picks as well. So there's a lot to, lot to cram in in this episode. But before we begin, we're going to be talking about Breakpoint. I feel like we're going to be talking about Breakpoint for forever, and this is probably the second time, uh, second time so far <laughs> this season. Because um, Kim, you have already finished it. I haven't even started it. <laughs> David Goffan doesn't even care about it, based on on some of the quotes I've been reading. Um, and Chris, I, d- I don't even know where you at. Where where are you at with it? I think I've watched four episodes. Um... Because we did get an excited WhatsApp from Kim saying there's more Rafa in episode five, but I've not seen much Rafa yet. Hang on, what has changed since we last spoke? Because I, I'm pretty confident on like our first catch up, you just said, I'm not interested and I'm not going to watch it because it's not aimed at someone like me. 
Yes. Well, Bianca Andreescu tweeted that she quite liked it. And I thought if Bianca likes oh, okay. it, maybe I'll like okay. it. Um, I thought, you know, I, if I'm going to be that person who is sort of saying things about something that they haven't seen yet, I may as well watch it and then double down on what I've said. Mm. So that's the approach yes. I've taken. I agree. And I, a lot of my friends were saying that the first episode was curious heavy. And I thought, oh, do I really want to watch this now? Mm. But he does kind of, it's very much the first episode is on him, the maverick, mm. they call it. And then they focus on, you know, different individuals going forwards. Episode five is my favourites, Rafa at the French Open. But the emphasis is really on Casper Ruud and Felix in that episode. But I think... You know, David Goffman doesn't like it. He said um, he's not really interested in seeing Kyrgios hanging out with his girlfriend. <laughs> I think I think he's got a fair point. Um, but he said it's not it's you know it's not interesting for people who live on the mm. tennis tour. And, but I mean, no offense, Goffman, it's not aimed at people who live on the mm. tour. It's aimed at fans and, and new fans. So I think people at home will find it mostly quite interesting. I think there's a really good bit in there um, from Paola Badosa talking about her depression and her struggles with mental health, which I wasn't really that aware of. And I so I think it does make me as a fan see some of the players in a, in a new light, uh, gives more context. So I, I've, I've generally enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to the next five parts. Well, that is good. I think I'm... I'm going to stick with it. I think I can emphasize, I can, mm, I can understand Goffin's points. I think the first one was a bit, you know, the Kyrgios redemption arc. And uh, I see his girlfriend being, it was quite interesting because they'd only been dating for uh, two months at the time this mm. was shot and they're still together. So, I mean, that does put a different lens on things in terms of her being there for his sort of doubles Grand Slam win. But overall, I think it, you know, it's telling a story. It It's showing you a different side of some of the players. And um, maybe my advice for David Goffin would be to watch the like uh, drive to maybe survive. Maybe he should just embrace maybe, it. Yeah. Maybe he should try try before you don't knock it before you've tried it. Maybe maybe he should think about that. But uh, I mean, well, maybe start spoke... episode five. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you spoke about uh, Nick Kyrgios. Now, again, in our preview episode, we were talking about the practice match, the practice showdown, Nick Kyrgios versus Novak Djokovic. Now, Nick Kyrgios is out of the Australian Open. So, listeners, this is probably the most Nick Kyrgios we're going to be talking about um, over the next couple of weeks. I know some of you probably will rejoice um, at that fact. But we have developed a couple of theories, haven't we, um, at Tennis Weekly HQ with regards to that practice match and the fact that Kyrgios, you know, withdrew due to, I think, a knee injury. Trying to put two, two, two and two together... I mean, I want to call you Sherlock Holmes, Chris, but what, what's your what are your what's your theory? What's your hypothesis? I'm putting two and two together and getting twelve. But hey, these are my <laughs> theories. I think that potentially they knew that Kyrgios was not likely to play the tournament, and this was a chance for a headline match where there wouldn't be that pressure um, or the risk of him injuring himself further because they did play short sets to four in that match. Um, I also think that potentially, I, I mean, I, I just think that they knew what was going on um, and that they knew that he wouldn't be playing in that one. And maybe my other theory is that it's connected with the break point launch that in order to get some real hype around it, it was almost like the launch event for break point, that match. And with Kyrgios being the first episode everyone would be watching on, on that day pretty much or the following day, uh, it does feel like there were some contracts involved. There was the need to still kind of get Kyrgios on court because it didn't look like he was going to play round one at the time. So there are the theories. Due, hmm. 
Was it an assist on his knee? Was yes, the, the side the of his knee, yeah. correct. Yeah. Not, so in, I... not a big threatening injury, but he mm. did bring uh, his medical, uh, his doctor um, out for the interview, which I haven't really seen done before. Normally you would just say what the injury is, but it all felt a bit... Um, a bit contrived kind of, yeah but over formalized because they said it wasn't necessarily something that would be a risk but it wouldn't make sense for him to play it because he then might cause a little bit more problems but it does seem like he will be out until um indian wells right okay well so he won't be defending his doubles title with tanasi kokinakis um as a result so that will be a shame for the for the local fans i mean we were going to start with andy murray but just on the subject of of that match on friday and and the players and, and injury we had novak djokovic in action today trying to retake his his title on his return to the ao he only lost seven games was very comfortable against roberto caballes baina I, I don't think anyone thought it wouldn't be comfortable um but i think the maybe the most interesting thing or the question going into the match was whether he um, would be okay because there were rumours about a hamstring or left thigh issue. Um, and, you know, he came onto the court with with some strapping on his leg, but generally seemed to move okay. Joel, did you have any concerns when you watched a bit of Djokovic today? Or do you think that that leg uh, is, is, is nothing to worry about um, given the state of him today? It doesn't look like anything to worry about. And I think the uh, reception he got when he walked out on court, it's just amazing to think, you know, the situation that he, you know, was in last year, getting deported. Uh, you know, I got the feeling that the fans and the residents of Melbourne, you know, were active in wanting him to, to kind of be deported. So it was amazing to see, I think, him walking out onto the court and seeing all of the fans just, you know, for me, just universally kind of um, appreciating him. There was no really kind of booing or jeering going on. It was all very kind of smiley, smiley, happy. Of course, we had all the Djokovic fanatics in there. And, you know, watching that match, particularly that third set, they were served up with a real treat. Um, I don't even think Kabayas Baina played a, a bad match. Just Novak Djokovic, particularly in that third set, just went up another level which I don't think anyone really could have kind of you know stayed with him I think um he, he only he only dropped four points um in that third set so to me watching it it didn't really feel like the leg was an an issue maybe it will come in um later in the tournament but certainly it was a nice I think warm-up and I think a moment just for him to kind of get back uh with the crowd and the fans reconnect um, and almost kind of be like, let's start fresh here. I'm a man on a mission and this is one step on that journey. Yeah. And, and from legs to hips, uh, let's move on to talk about Andy Murray because we were quite intrigued by this match when we saw it in the draw. Uh, gonna, always going to be very tough for Berrettini, uh, for, for Murray, well, and, and Berrettini quite mm. evidently now. Um, and well, we had quite a showdown, didn't we? Last set tie break, match point saved, Andy Murray winning, coming out on top, almost five hours of play. Um, Joel, I've got to go back to you first, just because, you know, you are the, the diehard Murray fan. What were your main thoughts when you, uh, you know, you're watching this match? <laughs> Yeah, I mean the first one. I, I, you know, I, like many fans, I got up in the morning. I was nervous. I was nervous to check the app. I'd actually gone to the completed kind of tab in my app just to check the score, 
and you know to my surprise it was yeah it was, it was still going and you know i was a bit nervous actually given you know murray went two sets up he started really really well i mean his returning was impeccable um today it, re- it needed to be um against berrettini you know with that that big serve of his and um you know i was obviously getting a little bit nervous when berrettini took the, the sets three and sets four but we all know Murray um, is such a fighter, regardless of the you know the injuries he's he's been through and the the, the hard work we've seen him I think put put in um, in training, conditioning his body I think over the last few months that that kind of determination and that that belief um, that he really wants to instill in him you know the fact that he needs to go and level up and, and realize that beyond you know just getting back onto the tour last season it really all paid off I think in this match and you could see that in the in the finish you know he was he was emotional um, at the net it was a little bit unfortunate I think that it ended on a on a let cord oh, that was awkward wasn't it it was, a it bit was awkward because like, he, he wanted celebrate. to celebrate but celebrate, you can't yeah. celebrate on a let cord can you no and what did you make of the Berrettini match point? Um, oh. That backhand, Chris, what were you thinking about that? <laughs> well, I I mean, this is a recurring theme. We'll be talking about break point again here because... We're going to be talking about clear. Berrettini's backhand, I swear, throughout the whole of his career in terms of how it is hindering his, uh, his potential. I mean, his, his backhand is way, way weaker. But I think what this match showed to me more than anything is that the mental weakness of the next generation versus the Murrays, the Nadals um, and the Djokovic's because the tennis, there was not much to, to split them, obviously. It was a very close match, but it is those big points who plays them best. And Murray should not have got out of that situation. But Berrettini just absolutely slammed that backhand halfway up the net. It was an absolute sitter. He could have done a lob. He picked the right way um, and his brain ran away from him. And that's obviously a big theme of of break point is that not being able to handle the pressure. And I think he'll be kicking himself. But I love seeing Murray win because it is so tough watching him sometimes because he is so hard on himself. So for me, the thing that I liked was that he said that he's really proud of how he fought through the match and it could have got away from him and um, he was impressed with himself and he says he's hard on himself usually. So I just think, thank God for Murray fans. You stick around for these sorts of matches and also thank God for Berrettini's sometimes lack of a backhand. And we think he's going to be playing Tanasi Kokonakis in the next round, um, which is, I think, frozen uh, again. He's frozen uh, in play against Fabio Fornini. Um Thoughts on that, Kokinakis, you know, in, in good form at, at home? Do you think Murray is going to be absolutely shattered? I mean, he has got a metal hip after all. Joel, are you just going to sort of think that this first round win is is a nice, you know, delightful moment? But how far could you see Andy realistically going now? Yeah, I think it's going to be, it will be tough assuming Kokinakis comes through uh, for Nini. It's going to be two real crowd pleasers on the, on you know, on the court. Um, I think Andy Murray will, you know, he'll enjoy every moment he is out there. Um, I think we'll know, I think, from that first set in terms of how much his his body has recovered. I'd like to think, given, you know, the conditioning and the, you know, the strain he's put on it, um, you know, over the off season, um, I'd like to think he's prepared and, and ready. But yeah, it's going to be tough. I think Kokonakis has been playing well, um, you know, at the start of the season. And with an Aussie crowd as well, I think, you know, with, you know, Nick Kyrgios, he probably would is going to be like, you know, they're the, you know, they're kind of the the one expected to go furthest. Maybe one of them's going to have to step up and 
and maybe Kokonakis will be looking at that as a, you know, this is my moment. This is my opportunity to, you know, to take that take that mantelpiece away from you know Nick Kyrgios being inju- injured and, and withdrawn from the competition. So, yeah, I'll be there's lots of factors at play, but yeah, hoping Andy can put a little bit of a run together now that he's yeah got a really oh, big don't win say that Joel don't jinx it. Oh, I've don't jinxed jinx it. it. Sorry. Don't say putting a run together. That's uh, just famous last <laughs> words. Good isn't showing it? against <laughs> the Aussie with the crowd there against him. Go. I think that will be there. You go. Bring yeah. one match at a time. <laughs> Players uh, who went through sort of relatively uh, comfortably, I suppose. I mean, Casper Rude went through, did drop a set against Thomas Machak. Uh, he's got Jensen Brooksby next, so that'll be an interesting one. Mm. Um, Holger Rune, straight uh, straight sets for him. He um, may well capitalise on the fact that Kyrgios is not in the draw. Um, be interesting to see if he can do that. I think I had him going to the quarterfinals in my predictions. You did, um, yes. You did not have I Kyrgios, did. the only one of us. Yeah. Oh, I well just done, knew. <laughs> Psychic. <laughs> um, but let's talk about uh, Sasha Zverev briefly. Um, he came through in, in five sets against Varillas. Um, you know, he's obviously coming back after this long layoff with injury. Um, he did have to fight back from two sets to one down. Um, Chris, did you have any thoughts on, on what we saw from Zverev today? Is, is this very much, you know, easing your way in, um, just not just not losing basically in these early stages for him at this point. Yeah, I think we've seen, even when he has made it to like, I think his first quarterfinal when it was at Roland Garros, I think every single match mm. he played was five sets and he was actually seeded to make it through to the quarterfinal there a number of years ago. So a five setter for Sasha in an early round is not unusual by any means. Um, and when you consider the context, this is his Grand Slam return. Um, his first time at a Grand Slam since he... Uh, had to retire in that semi-final in that heartbreaking semi-final for for him being uh, wheeled off court this has got to be particularly special for him and the performance it doesn't necessarily matter how clean it was or how impressive it was it's about returning to the tour starting to get those wins together and not putting too much pressure on yourself absolutely yeah to be fair I forgot I kind of that is very typically Sasha's very isn't it five mm-hmm. sets Loves a five set or a slam. <laughs> yeah. Well, one match that we didn't quite get five sets, and I thought maybe, just maybe, it could was was Team Rublev. I thought that mm. was very disappointing. It was just straight sets. Uh, Joel, I was a bit sad we were, by it. Yeah. Yeah, we were kind of saying could have more of a chance there, Dominic team, but obviously not. No, I think you know, team was. I think he had abdominal injury during the match. I think he said afterwards it was just more precautionary rather than a kind of a, a major setback, but it sounded like that hampered him. And although we got a few flashes of brilliance, you know, single-handed backhands you know, down the line with, with Rublev at the net, um, yeah, it was a little bit few and far between. And, um, you know, I thought that was an, op- I thought that was an opportunity. Rublev, um, you know, I think he, he was, he's been a little bit cold, I think, you know, coming into the season. So, um, yeah, for him to get it done in straights, yeah, I was a little bit maybe surprised. And for Dominic team, yes, back into the top 100. But again, it just shows, I think, that, you know, that journey, that journey up the ladder, it gets more, it gets tougher, you know, um, the tougher you get closer to the top. And, um, you know, when you're unseeded at Grand Slams, it leaves you vulnerable to whoever you could face. You know, Andy Murray saw that with, you know, Matteo Berrettini, Dominic Team seeing that at the moment with, um, you know, getting players like, you know, Rublev and um, it just shows how tough it can be. I think we shouldn't be sort of spellbounded by Andy Murray's, you know, performance. It takes a lot of hard work and, you know, it looks like for Dominic Team, there's still a little bit of, of way to go. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's um, definitely taking a lot longer than we maybe envisaged and maybe mm. it will never happen. Who knows? Um, uh, let's look at the ladies' uh, events from today. We, we had a, a couple of, um, well, nothing sort of, I would say, too surprising or anything today, actually. A few, maybe maybe some little scares. Anjibor dropped a set, uh, if you call that a scare. <laughs> um, it, she was not at her best today mm. uh, by any means, but she got the job done over Tamara Zidanezek. Um, Chris, we were, we were chatting before the podcast. Zidanezek, formerly a Grand Slam semi-finalist, I think, which we all forgot until you mentioned it. Um we're still debating. Is she? Is it her or Podoroska who's known as the worst ladies Grand Slam semi-finals of all time? Ooh. Unfairly. Yeah, I feel that's a bit harsh to say worst. Yeah, uh, sorry. Of, of all time, but they were in that very Most surprising. Surprise, yes. Yeah. Most yes. surprising. That's a very good diplomatic way of putting it. That I should have put it to begin with. Yeah, yeah, who's apologies. the most um, disappointing men's uh, semi-finalist, Joel? <laughs> it's got to be Sam Ooh. Query, something like that, maybe. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, okay, yeah. Okay, we've, we've gone tit for tat, yeah. Okay, and we're, we're going away from the, uh, from the AO now, so let's, <laughs> yeah, let's go back. Um, none of us predicted, I think, Jabal, really, to, to go super deep in, in this event. Mm. Um, Chris, what, what do you think? You know, she said she was quite frustrated today. Do you think she's just putting pressure on herself, being the second seed? Yeah. Um, or is there something more worrying about her her form at the start of this year? I think with Jabba, there's always um, a very high chance that it won't be, you know, perfect tennis throughout. There will be moments where it is perfect. Um, and that final set seems like she really upped her game and played like the number two in the world. Um, but finding a way to win is just as important as um, playing kind of your best tennis. And that's something that I think is very useful at the start of a tournament, especially um, making sure that you're able to find a way, even if you're not playing your best tennis. But at the end of the day, she's not sending a message to the field with this sort of result. And the courts, as we said, don't necessarily suit her game that much. So I take it a match at a time with Jabur. I mean, on, in contrast, players who maybe are sending a bit of a message to the field. Uh, Belinda Bencic uh, won very comfortably, dropping three games. Uh, Sabalenka threw in straight sets. Uh, Caroline Garcia threw, only also dropping three games. Um, even, you know, Carolina Pliskova also threw uh, very comfortably. Um, you know, no sort of shocks and, and upsets there, really. Um, we did have a, 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 a sort of once upon a time a player who was sending messages to, to the rest of the field Garbina Muguruza she went out uh, unfortunately yet again early at a slam um, you know three years ago she was the finalist here but here she is losing in the, in the first round tough draw Elise Mertens you know not going to lie tough tough draw but what what seems to be the issue of, with Muguruza she, she keeps getting to third sets and just sort of she keeps winning the first set and then we're yeah. losing in three. She served for this one. Two of the three matches she's played this year, she served for and lost. It feels to me like a real confidence. Um, between yeah. the years. Issue of confidence, yeah. I, I mean, I know that the, I think the, the calls for her to change up her, her coaching setup are only, I think, going to get louder. Um, I think she's already admitted that, um, you know, she's going to have to drop down um, into kind of smaller, smaller tournaments. Um, and sort of, I think, you know, maybe kind of, find herself again find you know that time when she was really enjoying her tennis on the court because I think you know walk, looking at her and you know walking out onto the court I, do, I just do wonder if she 
really enjoys it at the moment because it's just so it's just been so tough for her um you know mm. her record over the last 12 months or so you know last season was a bit of a write-off it's continued again you know this season and although she's getting herself into these promising situations taking the first set having the opportunities to serve out matches it's just not happening and um it's a real shame to see yeah, and it's and this one she actually changed her shot selection quite significantly. So you can tell it mm. is definitely a mental thing where she hadn't hit a slice the entire match, and then when it came to serving for the match, she hit two slices in a row, and then she got broken. So something shifts in her head and her mindset that she has this mental block there, and I'm not sure how you get around that without kind of maybe taking some time or refocusing um, where your attention is because I don't think she needs more time on the practice court. I think she needs more time actually kind of working with a, a sports psychiatrist or something like that you know Conta she had great success from that because she shows every match she's got the game she just can't do it over three sets and close do you think she should continue uh, you know what, what would you do going forward do you think she should, should just take a break or do you think you know she should just kind of continue going on or as I say kind of drop down to a, a lower level maybe skip the you know, the the much bigger events. What would you say to Garbina Muguruza now that, you know, she's out out in round one? I think she's out of the top 80 for the first time in, in, a, in a decade or, or so. Um, what, what would you be telling her? I think you've got to get to the, the root of what is the problem. And it is that in those moments where it's on her racket. And so you need to find out what that is. And again, we're talk, I'll talk about break point, but um, Paola Bedosa said a similar thing of like the pressure that's on and caring what other people think in those moments and letting people down or thinking in those moments that this is on your racket and it's yours to lose like it's things like that that you need to get to the heart of what it is um, and I think to get the confidence up you have got to drop down a bit and um, I think otherwise you go to this pattern where the confidence the damage your confidence it will do playing in these bigger tournaments playing against good players should you should win the match you don't win the match and then it only creates a further problem but I would say she's also got to get off social media because the social media pretends like everything is great. She is opening up. She is opening herself up, isn't she? I feel it's just it's not going to help you. And so I think get back to why you like playing tennis, and it doesn't matter where you're playing. Drop down a level, get some results, get a bit less attention on yourself, and then spring some surprises at a Grand Slam, and and hopefully we'll see at the top again. She's doing her own Caroline Garcia, isn't she? That's 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 what I'm telling myself anyway. Yeah, Caroline Garcia should be her new role model, I think. Mm. Um, All of our role models. Yeah, quite. (laughs) (laughs) On that note, let's take a quick break now. uh, But do join us in the second half, where we'll be looking at all the action from day one of the Australian Open. So do not go anywhere. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewellery from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction. And free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast and up to 25% off outdoor. 
That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome back to the Australian Open Round 1 Catch-Up, sponsored by DownloadTennis.com. And now we're going to move on to looking at the first day of play uh, down under at uh, Melbourne Park. We had quite a few Brits in action. Um, in addition to, obviously, Andy Murray's excellent win on day two, we had uh, Cam Norrie and Emma Raducanu winning through in straight sets uh, into the second round. So fantastic for both of them. Um, obviously, Cam Norrie had a, had a comfortable encounter, was always expected to win that one. Um, Raducanu, we weren't quite so sure about, um, given that ankle injury she picked up in Auckland. But she came through against Tamara Korpach, 6-3, I woke up on, or was it, on uh, Monday, Monday morning, and can I just tell you how nice it was to to read that result? Six three six two, the most unproblematic Emma Raducanu match I feel like has existed in a, in a long time. No, no worries about injuries. Uh, played very very solid tennis. Um, no three sets, no drama. It was just like ah, oh, it was just it was just like it was just like a sigh of relief. I think in terms of an Emma Raducanu match at the moment, it's like the. It's like the calm of, uh, you know, it's the calm I feel before probably the storm, which is going to be the, yeah, this this Goff, Coco Goff encounter in round two. Yeah, I agree. It was it was very weirdly sort of surprising and, and nice <laughs> and um, comfortable. But I mean, okay, Joel, Chris, just who's winning that match, Raducanu or Goff? Oh. Just quickly in turn. I think Raducanu, but we have a live poll on our Twitter right now if people would like to vote for that one. Um, currently... 52% of our listeners think that Emma Raducanu is going to get that win. Oh, wow. Um, Ooh. Which you I think straight straight sets will be interesting. I didn't, I didn't ask that question on social media, but I think that Raducanu will get it done in two. That's what I, that's my prediction. Ooh. I'm with the listeners on this. Because she's kind of going in, not as the favorite, like she's, you know, not as highly ranked people will maybe thinking, Oh, we don't expect you to win against Coco Goff. So she, maybe that will actually lighten her load somewhat yeah and the ankle um, injury i think that takes the pressure off she's not expecting herself to do too much here um and she probably was expecting quite a lot at the start of the season having had like a really good off season really improved her fitness and then had this injury issue so i'm hoping that she goes out there and she really takes it on i don't want to see a defensive radicanu i don't think it's going to get it done because goff is such a good mover and she also can be really aggressive so i want to see us open radicanu really going for it taking that ball down the line and um get that serve out wide working on the juice side and um yeah i think she'll do it fantastic yeah i mean we also had another brit who um you know young and up and coming brit who who didn't manage to get the win and that was jack draper i mean it was a tough ask he was playing rafa but he was doing mighty well um you know he lost in four sets but um that that fourth set jack draper very um you know, struggling physically with a look with the cramp. Um, he said he kind of, well, he didn't want to retire um, because, you know, he, he was very determined not, not to do that and just to let the, the other player, have, you know, have the win. But overall, you know, this is obviously a great opportunity for him, learning experience. Um, I know on, we, you did a poll on our Twitter beforehand, didn't you, Chris? And I think the percentage odds for people thinking, 
that Draper was going to win this prior was was actually yes. quite high, wasn't it? Um, it was quite what, high. What did you it make, was quite surprising. What did you make of this match? Yeah, what did you make of it? I think it was great to see the sets that were competitive um, and then obviously a big shame when it became clear that Jack wouldn't be able to, uh, you know, keep up, keep up the level. Um, I was very pleased that Rafa did get the win. I think Jack will have some great um, results in his future, but I think... Nadal really did need um, a win here. And I, and I think given the fact that so many people thought he wouldn't get through this, I think they forget that he is, no matter where his tennis level is at, he is one of the fittest people in sports. He is quite an athlete because he is pushing 37 and he is making kind of a 20-year-old a look like they really need to, to rethink and their ambitions over the next few years. Because based on this, you'd say that the younger players won't necessarily be a threat unless you're Carlos Alcaraz um, over five sets um, consistently because it, I was quite surprised that Draper was still kind of having um, these these issues, these issues with his body. I don't know what you think, Joel. Yeah, it's an interesting point you make around, you know, we, we're having younger guys come through on the tour and that's all well and good, but once you get to Grand Slam and, and best of five set tennis, regardless of, of what you're doing on the tour, stepping up to that level is is a challenge. And yeah, for, for Jack Draper, I think he's still obviously getting used to it. I think he's admitted himself he's a work in, a work in progress. And I still think back to the, you know, I think his, his main his main tour debut in, in Miami when he had a wild card and, and again was cramping on the court um you know in really humid conditions so i think it's a shame that um you know he it wasn't um you know he wasn't able to you know put out the best tennis consistently across the whole match and i think he's obviously going to have to look at you know how he conditions himself um you know in the you know in in the future but i certainly think it was a promising performance from him i mean i was interested from kim's perspective about you know re- to retire or not to retire from a a Rafa point of view and obviously from a, a British point of view were you like annoyed that he didn't retire you know getting Rafa off court quicker or are you kind of in that mindset of actually Draper's done a very noble gamesmanship-esque thing to do there um, by continuing on to the bitter end yeah I mean I think um, it was I mean it was a 6-1 set anyway so it's it's not like it was drastically extending the match in ter- terms of time so I, I mean Diana Yastremska would never right oh gosh no no she, <laughs> she'd retire would never. like two <laughs> points on the end yeah I mean gave Rafa a bit more time to to find his groove I, I guess you know um mm. but no I don't I, th- I think um it was it was quite honorable of Draper to to persevere and and keep at it so um so yeah I mean it, it's a shame that obviously he he was struggling and we didn't get sort of the the full um the full match really that we were maybe hoping for or you know but i'm, I'm as a rough fan i'm just glad i think he, it will, it will obviously though i think like it will keep him focused like you know it's like this is something i still need to work on and i just think it shows that like the tour is not just you rock up on the court and you know you're a talented tennis player and and that's it there's lots of different aspects to the game and as much as working on the tennis court i think he's going to have to work off the tennis court in terms of to bring his body up to speed because it's not it's not quite there yet uh, for for the rigors of, of Grand Slam tennis and regardless of his age the talent he has shown I have no doubt that he could reach a you know maybe even a, a third or a fourth round at, at Grand Slam this year but you Further, know, we don't want his surely. we don't want his body to to hold him mm. back. Mm. 
Yeah. I mean, let's look at um, some other results from, from yesterday. We had Igor Svjontek, uh, who, a bit like on Jabor, not entirely uh, convincing, had a, had a bit of a struggle in her, in her opening match against Yul Niemeyer. Um, she played Yul Niemeyer at the US Open last year, which was quite a tough, tough encounter. That went to three sets, but she managed to avoid a third set this time around six four seven five uh for Svantec. But it wasn't yeah, she didn't have it all her own way, did she? Um Chris, what did you make of, of Eager's opener? Well, I think I said on the last podcast that it's interesting to see how she'll fare if she loses a set early on, or especially if she loses a first set early on. And I think it was very close that first set and she was quite lucky to get that one. And then she was her down five times was all over the shot. It was all I was seeing her hit shots where her weight was going backwards. It was only just clearing the net. It was definitely, as we talked about, a bit of a different ego. She's not brimming with confidence. But as we've talked about, it's getting the getting the win in the early rounds because in uh, the US Open, it was not flawless for that first week by any means. And then her level just went to kind of into overdrive um, in some of those later matches. So it's just about getting yourself into situations where you can get another slam, I think. And for her, it's um, getting yourself to that second week um, and giving yourself those opportunities, even if you don't have the confidence right now. I think she's um, going to get a stern test, though, against Bianca because Bianca looked blooming good. Um, her numbers were really impressive from a winner's unforced errors perspective. So a good for her to get the win, but... There will be there will be tougher tests as she goes through the mm. draw. That's for sure. Yeah, Andrescu did look uh, very very good in, in her opener, didn't she? So definitely uh, looking forward to that match if it happens. Um, we also had Felix Ojeelias seem uh, up against Vasek Pospisil. Now I saw this at an early um, one way set for Pospisil going onto the scoreboard. I thought, oh gosh, what's going on with Felix? Um, but he did manage to get through that in in four sets eventually. Um, wasn't at his best, but you know he obviously knows Pospisil pretty well. You know, fellow fellow Canadian player, and I mean OJ Alisine, one of the players featured in Breakpoint. So I think a lot of maybe new fans might be might be following him and some of the other players that if they've just binged that series over the weekend. Um, but he's got Alex Molkan next, uh, who beat Stan Wawrinka. Um, it was perhaps a bit surprising that he got off to such a slow start. You know, we saw him do a bit better in slams uh, last year, Felix. So we'd hope that going through the rest of the tournament, he'll be a bit more on it from the word go because you're not going to be able to afford to get off to a, a 6-1 loss in the first set against certain players, are you, Joel? No, exactly. I, it, was, it was a bit surprising given, you know, he ended up as one of the, you know, I think joint with Djokovic, most titles um, on the on the tour last season. Um, so it was a bit surprised that, yeah, it was a little bit cold against Pospisil. I mean, Pospisil, very, very experienced. You know what he's going to do. He's going to try and get to the net um, as, you know, as quick as possible. And um, yeah, Ojeda's team didn't really have an answer to begin with and um i think he did very well um you know to come through uh you know again in in four in four cents against someone he's so um you know he's so you know no well known with given that they're you know they're compatriots but you know having alex molkan next i think that is going to be quite a tough test um i think he is a very 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 handy player on his day um he came through against vavrinka in in five i feel like vavrinka always puts on a good show at a grand slam in a round one and just ends up just not quite getting there either losing in a very tight four setter match or or in five but um yeah i think again that's another going to be another stern test for ojalia's team you just can't afford i think to 
start you know in in first gear and and hope to kind of bring himself into it I think he needs to be able to kind of come on the court ready to go hit the ground running um much like he did you know towards the end of towards the end of last season Mm. and another break pointer uh Francis TFO he um came through against Daniel Altmaier in four sets uh again quite a quite a stubborn match there really for 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 TFO it was a couple of tie breaks in there and um I, I, I want to talk about his match, but I, I think above all, kind of want to talk about his outfit because that was very. Um, well, I don't quite know what to how to describe it. It's very um, visual. Um, Joel and Chris, would you wear this on a tennis court? It's giving me aerobics class in the nineteen eighties vibes. Ooh, that's a really good one. I was going to say sort of a Miami Beach roller disco meets your mum's curtains in the seventies. <laughs> <laughs> a bit psychedelic, isn't it? In it part? is a bit. Actually, it reminds me more of. Do you remember like Windows Media Player, like back in the day on the computer, oh, and yeah. had like that visual, that like colourful visualizer. Yeah, we got to some listen tunes to on. music too. Yeah, that it's giving me that vibe as well. It's a lot, isn't it? I mean, we love a bold colour. Don't get us wrong. Is it too much for Nike? It is. It is. You've got to play amazing tennis to do that. Even Rafa, I think, maybe. It, I'm not sure. You've got to certainly do better than Tiofo did. <laughs> it does look like he should be at St Kilda Beach instead of playing professional mm. tennis. Volley- but- it's very volleyball, actually. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I see that now. It did make us think of Grigor Dimitrov's tracksuit from three mm, years ago, yes. uh, which I know was quite controversial. But I have to say, I think I actually prefer this to that. Oh, I don't do know you? about you guys. I, mm. I agree with that. I think it. I wouldn't, if I was playing on a tennis court against this, it reminds me of what Leighton Hewitt said about uh, Dominic Habati, uh, his his shirt had these cutouts for his um, shoulder, almost like his yes. shoulder yes, blades. And he said, I couldn't lose to a man wearing that shirt. And I think <laughs> I'd feel the same. And maybe that's why Daniel sort of Altmuller kind of put together such a good performance because he was, in, <laughs> he was like, I can't, this is too embarrassing. This is too much. This is too much. <laughs> That is hilarious. What Leighton Hewitt said, though, I, I hadn't, I wasn't aware of those comments. So that's uh, quite entertaining. Um, but before we have a look at what's happening tomorrow for day three, let's talk about our collector set because uh, we revealed our picks for the tournament to the listeners uh, in our last episode. We haven't revealed our own predictions, so that's where we come in now. Um, obviously, slight um, issue is that one of our picks, Kyrgios, is not in the tournament, withdrew beforehand. So we're going to have to just eliminate him from everyone's uh, guesses, unfortunately. But there has been some controversy, Kim. There has Ooh, been yes. some controversy. Okay, tell tell us, tell me. <laughs> well, what is one it? of our one of our listeners actually predicted Kyrgios to go out and I quote round one or sooner <gasps> was she and, part of team Kyrgios yeah well I don't know but did she injure him would be my question was she involved <laughs> in the withdrawal did they have insider knowledge maybe they did well 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 we have to give we have to give a special mention I think it's uh JB Juana writer um on on twitter um with the i mean with the the mystic meg um foresight which no one else got um no one else actually had him going out in round one so um yeah just a, a special mention there but yeah we're taking Kyrgios out of the equation so it's going to be out of five now um for collector set uh going forward yeah, I think you both had him in the quarterfinals, but I've mm. gone round three anyway. But that's null and void now. <laughs> um, 
Let's go for, through each the, of the five players and we'll just shout out what we've gone for then. So let's start with Rafa Nadal. Joel? Quarterfinals. Chris? Quarterfinals. Oh, I've gone round four, but that's just me not wanting to tempt fate. <laughs> uh, okay, Seb Corder is our next one. Joel? Round three. Chris? Round three. Are you just are you just copying each other? I'm very worried by this because John never wins this. <laughs> this is very true. <laughs> I've gone for semi-final. Ooh. Yeah. Uh Igor Svontek, Joel. Quarterfinals. Oh, Chris. Round three. And you I've are obsessed four. with Bianca Andrescu. I, I was gonna mention her again and be like, Bianca is looking good, just saying. Just saying. <laughs> Someone yeah, that said would be the third good. round matchup. Mm-hmm. So hmm. uh Jesse Pagula, uh Chris, let's start with you on this one. I went for a final. Final. Oh, mm. I've gone for a victory. She, I think she's gonna win the tournament, which is what I said, you know, in our predictions. Joel, yes, what have you I am with you and I'm I'm quite confident, as confident as I can be after a love and one win in the opening round. Yeah, I've got a champion. Yeah, sorry, we didn't mention her, did we? But yes, she has absolutely um, thrashed her opponent in the first round. So that's looking quite good so far. And Petra Martic, uh, Joel, you, (laughs) I think, yeah, I thought Gordibic was going to win that. I'm not going to lie. So I put (laughs) round one, and I've already, I've already burnt one of my, uh, yeah, one of mine. So I'm (laughs) already, I mean, I'm already, um, I've already got two wrong with with Kyrgios and, and Martic. And Chris, what have you gone for for that one? I have gone for round three, but Joel, you could collect a next gen set still. That's still possible <laughs> for you. You could get four of the six. It's possible, but oh, I feel gosh. unlikely. <laughs> Maybe we should change collector set so it's, yeah, more next geny and have less. <laughs> some oh, fun new rules as well. Some, yeah, some strange rules going on. Yeah, that no one You've understands. You've got to make them in 15 seconds. You've got to make your predictions. <laughs> Yeah, I went for round two for Martic, so we'll see what happens in the next round. So um, we'll probably publish those somewhere, potentially, I'm not sure. Um, but we'll be giving an update on Collector Set sort of halfway through so everyone can see how they're faring against their opponents. Um, let's look ahead to tomorrow's schedule of play, which has been released, we're pleased to say, finally. Um uh, We've got a number of, of matches. I, Chris, I assume Sloane Stevens is going to be top of your list. I think she's out in court seven for her first round match is that going to be yes. televised yes well, i'll find think... it <laughs> <They'll> <laughs> there'll be a fan right? live streaming <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> there'll be one man and his dog there it's fine um and joel wh- what's your eyes drawn to primarily tomorrow for um, the uh... i mean it's hard not to look at emma raducanu coco goff um but also maybe carolina mukova danielle collins we yes. love Mukova on here. We Could love Mukova. Could be a good match, I think. Um, and of course, you've got to love Kim. I know you're a big fan. John Millman. John Millman on a wild card. I think what he won in five sets in the first round has got Daniel Medvedev also in the night session on, on Margaret Court. Mm. Which, uh, what about Manorino, Joel? Fun. Fighting to reclaim the French number one spot. <laughs> oh, oh, yes. yes. Is there an update on the French number one, Chris? Oh, There's always an update, Kim. There's always, it's all go. Richard Gasquet <laughs> is now the French number one at 41 in the live rankings. Wow. But Benjamin Bonzi is closing in. We also have a new contender who is up by seven spots. Please say um, constant. How do I say this? Anyone for the surname? Lestien? Lestien. 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 Yeah. And that means that 
Former French number one, Manorino, is down at 57. So it's all to play for in that John Isner match. So if I were you, Ooh. I'd be out there watching that on court three. <laughs> that could be... Uh, I will. He's still playing. That's suspended in the second set, isn't it? Still on court waiting for the resumption. <laughs> and I will say, I mean, also, Elena Rybakina is also on a show court as well. Treated, Finally. being actually treated. Above. I know, being actually treated like the Grand Slam champion that she is. So I uh, hope she can make the most of that against Still uh, court against three, Kaya basically, Yuvan. isn't it? The third show court. John Kane Arena. Yeah, it's, still which, yeah. a bit, it's still a bit it's still a bit silly. And I, I do sort of side with her in terms of how she has been treated. And it's, unfortunately, it's not just this tournament. We've seen it, you know, up, a lot of tournaments after Wimbledon just... I don't know what it was. It just did not feel like she was show court quality. But um, yeah, glad to see her getting on the spotlight. But um, yeah, I can't. Radicanu Goff. I'm hoping. Yeah, I've got big expectations for that. That could be the start of something beautiful in terms of a ri- a long rivalry. I think for maybe maybe years to come, given it's their their first meeting. Yeah, and Rod Laver has Svantec Pagula and Rafa uh, playing their second rounds. Um, and yeah, we've got Felix against Molkan out on Margaret Court, which they haven't renamed Margaret Court still. Um, it, it's still got that name, unfortunately, but there we go. Um, that's probably one for another day for discussion. Um, not that it hasn't been discussed at length already. Um, but yeah, well, that's let, we'll see how it all how it all goes tomorrow, what we wake up to and what we have on uh, and how late the, the play goes and what the weather's going to be like. So many variables. Um, I think that brings us to a close and we'll be back after the second round yeah. uh, to chat through all the results. And hopefully we'll have 100% of round two matches to talk about. But listeners, I hope you've enjoyed our latest episode of the Tennis Weekly Podcast, our round one catch-up of the Australian Open. Remember to subscribe to us to stay up to date on all the action to come in Melbourne. We are going to be going round by round for the full two weeks. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and all major podcasting platforms out there. And if you like what you're hearing, then make sure to leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can also follow us on social media or email the show. We are on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at Tennis Weekly Pod. Uh, you can email us at tennisweeklypod at gmail.com or check out our website www.tennisweekly.co.uk. And we will be back on Thursday evening at Tennis Weekly HQ for a catch up on round two in Melbourne. So I hope you can join us for that. But in the meantime, it's goodbye from Kim. Goodbye. It's goodbye from Chris. Goodbye. And it's goodbye from me. We'll see you again soon.